When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At Montreal Canadiens Pro Camp in Brassard, a couple of defense duos caught everyone's attention, wondering are those going to be the duos that will start in Montreal? Will the injury to Joel Edmondson open the door for another Montreal Canadiens defenseman? Is he going to be the wild card at camp? And is a defenseman who made the team last year going to be on the outside looking in? Some soft hands from Drouet, but the line that he was on caught everyone's attention as well. Slavkowski versus men, a beautiful pass, a goal and energy from RHP. We talk about that and so much more on the SICK Podcast. I'm Marinero. Eric Engels of Sportsnet is coming up. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Maradero, The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. Sports Entertainment. Like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Marinero, the sick podcast. 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. So brought to you by them. And we thank everyone at the Geloso Group for their support. And we also thank Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Speaking of which, we're going to be going back to Lacage on Saturday, October 1st, because there's going to be an announcement that we're going to make. The sick team is going to make because the sick podcast is about to get a whole lot sicker. So join us at Lacage to carry. Saturday, October 1st at 7 p.m. If you're planning on going out that night to have supper, why not just hang out with us and have supper at La Cage and you'll get to hear the announcement and you'll get to to meet some pretty interesting people as well. You can RSVP at 514-731-2020. We're talking Habs at Pro Camp and I bring in Eric Engels from Sportsnet who I had a chance to see earlier today. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. I, I look a lot shorter than you. Uh, you do, but you're really not that shorter than me. We're probably the same height, to tell you the truth. You might even be taller. But then again, I never, you know, I don't I don't walk around with measuring tape. All right, okay. Um, there's a couple of defense duos that caught everyone's uh, attention today, and that was um, Gouli, Savard, Matheson, and Barron until we get to the third defense duo in a couple of minutes here. But it had everyone thinking, you know what? 
it looks like these are going to be the duos that are going to start the season in Montreal. Now, I know there's still a couple of weeks of camp, and there's you know six or seven preseason games or whatever it is. But Eric, for the defensemen, they usually want to see, you know, they usually put players together that they think that they can see together and see how they do. What do you think the chances of these guys starting together are going to be this season? Gooley and Savard, Matheson and Barron, and what did you see from them earlier today? Yeah, I'm not sure how deeply I'd read into it. Same way I wouldn't read that deeply into anything that's going on at a camp where there's 74 players invited in eight preseason games, including four of them being played in the first week of October. I mean, this is a ridiculous scenario. It's a ridiculous scenario every year. And then, you know, we all get put into this position where we overreact to things on day one of camp. Um, You know, Marty St. Louis was asked why he paired David Savard and Caden Gooley together. Um, you know, he was. it was brought up to him that that was the pairing to start last year's camp, and he said, I didn't even know that. Um, but the reasoning was pretty much the same, which is that he wanted a veteran next to Gooley, and then he was asked about Harris and Arbor Jackai playing together and said, well, we don't have that many veterans. So, you know, like, you don't read too deeply into it. They, I, I would suggest that one thing you could read is they wouldn't try it if they didn't think that it could be something that they would go to. Good one, yeah. Um, although, obviously, you go through the forward lines and – um, I don't know about you, but I'm not I'm not exactly counting on seeing Mike Hoffman playing with Cole Caulfield and, and Nick Suzuki to start the season. But I guess they want to see what that looks like right now with uh, obviously another centerman and Philip Mejar playing between them today because Suzuki's hurt. But look, you know, Gooley, we all saw what this kid did last year, um, this this last season. First of all, he came to camp last year and looked physically ready to play in the NHL. Yeah, um, from a mental standpoint, after coming off a pandemic, you know, uh, arrested season where he played just eleven games, both, uh, you know, in the WHL, Laval, and, and internationally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to keep him around as a nineteen-year-old kid. Um, when I talked to Gooley today, to hear him say himself that he didn't feel ready despite feeling solid at camp is a sign of how mature this kid actually is. And obviously, you kind of look at it like Suzuki going back to the OHL that one year because what was accomplished this year for Gooley should propel him to the next level. And I think we all, yep. even, on, even on an early stage of camp and watching with David Savard and seeing how comfortable and confident he is out there, like I, I don't think it's a stretch to say there's a better chance that this kid will be in Montreal than in Laval at any point this season. And yeah. I, I just... You know, I'd almost think that he has to play his way out of position because I see him above in the depth chart of all the other young guys who he's competing with. He's just – he's got a full package. You know, like he's, he's yeah. he skates really well. He's got poise. He moves the puck well. Yeah. He can take a hit. He can give one. He's physical. He likes to step up but not put himself out of place. And I also see just a really level-headed person that won't necessarily have to be the guy – who plays with a David Savard to be able to play his game. If he gets paired with another kid, I could see him carrying the pairing. So it's an interesting dynamic. Barron and Matheson didn't get to focus on them specifically as much. Maybe you did, Tony. I'd love to hear your impression. I did. I did, as a matter of fact. And, you know, out of all the young kids that we saw there, not that Justin Barron was bad. Far from it. He's a very good skater. But I found on an aggressive forecheck, he tried to skate his way out of trouble And he actually put himself in a little bit of trouble on a couple of occasions. Once again, it was not bad. But compared to what we saw from a guy like Gooley that you were just talking about, as you know, 
I was standing next to Stu Cowan of Hockey Inside Out in the Montreal Gazette earlier today. And, uh, of course, the first thing that stands out on Gouli is his presence. He's a big man. But he made a pass from inside his blue line just before the opposition blue line uh, from left to right, and it was right on the tape. And Stu and I immediately, just a, a reflex, just looked at each other and like, wow, it's, that's a young kid, and that's a pretty that's – a, that's a National Hockey League pass that he made. So uh, I thought it was pretty cool, but – Look, I would think that those are the defense pairings, Eric, because, uh, I mean, who else can end up playing on this blue line? I mean, Schooneman might end up being on this blue line as a seven. You would think that, you know, when Marty St. Louis said they didn't have any other veteran, you would think that Jordan Harris would have been playing next to Joel Edmondson had Edmondson not been hurt. So my question to you is, with Edmondson being injured, and we know these back injuries, the way they can be, and they can flare up. And by the way, you're going to want, you know, when you're a rebuilding team, you're, you know, you take your time with injuries as well because, you know, you don't want to rush anyone to begin with. Can Arbor Jacki make this team out of camp already? He who was never drafted in the National Hockey League and wasn't even drafted in the OHL? Can he make this team out of camp? It's a good question, and I would suggest that it's not necessarily linked to Edmonton and his injury because Arbor Jacki, um, you look at the, the package, everything I said about Caden Gooley applies to him. Um, extremely physical, and that's what he's known for. But the rest of it is really impressive. He skates really well for a guy his size. He skates really well, period. Forget about for a guy his size. Yeah. He straddles the blue line uh, effectively and can make offensive plays. He scored the first goal in his scrimmage today. Uh, if you don't mind, team. Eric, we have footage of it, and I just want to yeah, go take go a look it. at it. All right, let's go to it right now. Jordan Harris, son partenaire, à Jack Du de mise en jeu, le but! Wow! Beau tir Jack sur une passe de... Some of the little things, okay, Eric, but, you know, look at the way he gets open. Look at the way he moves up. Look at the way he releases that puck, and... After he scores that goal, I don't know about you, but just the way he skates away, you know, Ben Sherratt scored a couple of goals like that, and he kind of kind of looks like a Sherratt. It's kind of weird, but, you know, he looks like a player who, if he isn't ready, is real close. I don't know if people remember what Ken Hughes said when he traded Alex Romanov and justifying He brought it. up Jack Eye's name, and everyone freaked out. Holy, yeah. what's where, where's this coming from? He did because he paid attention to what Jack I did in Hamilton with the Bulldogs and how good of a player he was in the OHL. And the, the imprint that he left in camp last year was quite impressive. I don't know if people remember all that well, but he was an impressive player at last year's training camp and really made a name for himself and made the you know Kent Hughes's predecessor, Mark Bergman, look pretty good for signing him as an unsigned uh, free agent who was never drafted. Um, so forget about Joel Edmondson's injury for a second. You know, this is a competition, an open competition between Harris, Barron, Gooley, um, Schooneman, and Jacki. He's in that conversation. And and I think right now, uh, looking at rookie camp, you know, transition into main camp, uh, the games that he played in Buffalo and what he showed, you know, in the first on-ice session here, don't scratch his name up. I mean, like, this is a guy that is going to push people in certain directions. And the Canadians are fortunate in, in a couple of ways. One, in that they can send any one of these kids basically down to the AHL without having to push them to, through waivers. So that's a benefit. And Jean-Francois Hull um, would love to have them. He who was very attentive this morning watching the practice as well. 
Yep. And here's another thing that has nothing to do with Edmondson, like whether Edmondson was there or not. Mm-hmm. The Canadians have dibs on waivers. Um, any player that goes through waivers that they want to put a claim in, if any other team puts a claim in, the Canadians get them if they want. So it's it's a real advantage, and I think it was how – and Kent Hughes has mentioned this himself already, that waivers was going to be a factor in terms of potentially looking to add to the team. If there's Eric, one the- for the benefit of – pardon me, for the benefit of the listeners who, who probably don't know what you're talking about, yeah. they when you finish, finish last yeah. will get first dibs. They finished last place last year, which means that they're top of the waiver order so that if multiple teams place a claim in Montreal as one of those teams, they get the player. Um, that'll last until the regular season starts, and then somebody else will be in last place. Maybe it'll still be them, but it, it, you know, until they're not in last place, they get first dibs. And what right. happens invariably at all these training camps is you have a lot of teams that are a lot deeper than the Montreal Canadiens who try to sneak a player or two through waivers, maybe even early during camp sometimes because they think there's a better chance because the other teams are holding on to more players at that time and salary cap is tight and all that. So it's, it's going to be something to monitor, but I think even if Edmondson was healthy, even with some of these kids emerging in camp and proving to be better than they even thought they, the whole thing with Edmondson say Edmondson was healthy was that they had Edmondson, Weidman, Savard and Matheson and no other veteran defenseman around on the team. So they were going to have to, you know, they were an injury away from suddenly being three, uh, and now they are three. And so you just got to figure somebody else is coming into this picture. So I think it's early to start penning anybody into the lineup or penciling them in. Yeah. If I had to give an edge to anybody, it's Caden Gooley. He's, he's, he's above the rest. But Arbor Jack guy is right there with yep. him. And Jordan Harris, who played alongside Arbor Jack guy, is off to a really good start to camp. He's in immaculate shape, and all these guys are, obviously. They've had the summer to work out, but you can see it on him. And skating is so impressive, and if he's taken some of the lessons from last year and already accelerated the development for himself, it's going to be a really interesting race. And Justin Barron, who's on the right side where they have a weakness to begin with, um, you know, and he's like the only right-hand shot, can he take advantage of that? Like these guys, Mark Bergman always used to say, these guys make the decisions for us. Yeah, that wasn't exclusive to Mark Bergevin and the Canadians. Like that is really how you have to think about it from a management perspective and development perspective. That if a player proves that he's ready and he's good to go, you don't hold them back and just say, "Well, you know, it's it's early and he's young." And it, no, I mean, you, you, then then you're sending the wrong message to the player too. That oh, you've earned it, but we're not going to give it to you. Like so, they'll make the decisions, and it's going to be an interesting race from here. It's the most compelling race from here to the and. and through the end of the season, but certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Corey Schooneman took advantage of an opportunity last year. And you know what? A new coach comes in and a new set of eyes on you. And he really took a liking to Corey Schooneman, who was just past his mid twenties, had experience, but hadn't played many NHL games. And you look at him and he said, you know, he's pretty steady. Game. But is he a forgotten man in camp? I know he scored today. Good for him. But he's kind of like a forgotten man because so much attention is being put on Gooley and maybe even Harris, right? And Jacka. Maybe a little bit, but the one thing about Schooneman is that he has pro experience, not as much at the NHL level, but he's played a good amount of games in the AHL that he's got a leg up on some of those guys in terms of his maturity and his poise. Um, I thought he was really impressive at times last year. I, I don't see how anybody could have been less than impressed with him. Uh, I think he's an NHL defenseman. Whether or not he's a top six NHL defenseman on a regular basis is to be determined as we move along here. If he can take a step forward from where he was last year, I would suggest that he is. That said, 
he's probably the best option as number seven on this team, right? Like you, you have to get him through waivers um, in order to send him down to the American Hockey League. Um, whereas some of those other guys that we were talking about, you don't have to do that with. And he, uh, he's, I don't think he's going to make a fuss if for whatever reason he's not in the lineup on any given night. So I just think it's an ideal fit that so long as he continues to play well, mm-hmm. um, because going back to what we were talking about about the lack of experiences on this blue line, even though he has limited NHL experience, he's got a lot of pro experience. So that's not something you just let go of yeah. for free. A uh, shout-out to uh, matrixhomefitness.ca. Eric talked about a lot of these guys being in great shape at camp. I would imagine they have a matrix or two at home. Bring it home. Discover a club-quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. Speaking of shape, Brendan Gallagher says he comes in. No bumps and bruises this time around. And Marty St. Louis says after practice today that Brendan Gallagher looks great. How does he look to you? He looked really good in, in terms of his foot speed and the way he was moving and in a way that we haven't seen in a couple of years. Let's face it. This guy was beaten down significantly and he didn't hide it. He didn't necessarily get into the details about it. He, for me, you know, I'm holding on to it. It's, it's the first week of camp and you focus on the young guys who might not be here two, three weeks from now. And, and then you got guys like Gallagher who, you know, are going to be here all year. And as a, as a reporter and a storyteller, you don't want to just, blow it all out early in camp and then you're left you know waiting for some point you hit november december and the stories become thin and you want to tell one and you've already told it uh, in the first week of training camp is not necessarily the best time to do it but i i tell you man i circled his name way before this whole thing got going saying you know he's a guy that i'm going to do something really deep on in terms of what he's had to go through and what he's coming back from and what he's trying to accomplish and I'm working on it. I'm working on it now, and I don't want to spoil it. But I, I think I just, they're going to change his role, Eric. You remember that last year, Marty St. Louis talked about having to adjust as a hockey player. I think they're going to change his role. I might be in the minority in this. I think Brendan Gallagher is going to start the season on a third line. If I'd have to guess, I'm going to guess with Dvorak and with Slavkowski, but I could be wrong. But I think they're going to they're going to change his role so that he can change the way he plays a little bit so that they can get more longevity off of him, uh, considering that a lot of people think that he doesn't have that much gas left in the tank. Not so sure if you agree with that or not, but I'd love to hear your take. I think, it would be, Brendan Gallagher. I, I think it would be a normal transition for a 30-year-old player's offense has kind of dropped off significantly. Um, but that said, this is Brendan Gallagher we're talking about, a guy who's been doubted his entire career, a guy yeah. that you know, before, when he came up, everyone said he'll never be able to to, to play this style of game and last, um, that he'll never get to 30 goals, that he'll never do this or that. And um, I've just learned not to bet against this guy. Now, logically, the bet against him is the more sound one. You know, like the idea that he's once again going to be a 25-goal scorer or more in the NHL is so far-fetched that um, I don't know who believes it. But I will say that I bet you he does. I, that's the thing. I kind of love that dynamic for a guy like Brandon Gallagher yeah. going into a new season. And, and that's what makes his story so compelling to me, especially knowing what he's been through and what he's done to put himself back in the condition that he believes will be able to translate into him doing what he's always done, which is defying the odds and the doubters. So I, I just – it's a really juicy storyline this year, and and I'm 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 working on it. I, I can tell you that. I just okay. don't want to get it out this early. But I, does he look good to me? 
he looks from a mobility standpoint really good. Um, you know, the hands, the passing, the shooting, and those things that have plagued him since he broke his fingers twice. Uh, is that going to significantly improve? Um, let's see. Let's find out. Yeah. Um, because well, it, it wasn't necessarily there today. Yeah. But, you know, it's early in camp, and you, you have to give grace period to every single player to find their proper timing in this tempo of kind of game that's being played. So you said you're working on Gallagher and working on coming out with a great in-depth story on him and what he's had to put up with. I'm working on calling out anyone who's going to put some pressure on your Slavkowski, the 18-year-old. I said to myself that I'm not going to be one of those people to do it. So I haven't talked about him yet until 20 minutes into the podcast. So I'm going to bring him up now. And here's an assist on a goal by RHP, Raphael RV Pinard. Let's bring it up. Beau travail du défenseur encore. Oh, Harris, il est impressionnant. Il joue du côté droit, puis c'est un gaucher, puis euh, c'est comme s'il avait joué toute sa carrière à droite. Oh, oh quel quel oh. pièce de jeu! All right, there you have it. Some nice playmaking ability from your eyes, Lovkowski. Nice play. I think it was offside. Uh, really? Eh? Okay. Uh, no, no, uh, no NHL referee there to actually call it offside, but okay. Um, Marty St. Louis said after practice, it was great to see Slavkowski versus men. Some who covered him at the rookie showcase thought that it, his play was in flashes. He passed the test on some, probably didn't quite pass it on others. What did you make of his uh, day of work today? Really impressive. Um, you want the first overall pick to stand out. You don't expect them to be the best player on the ice. He was the best player on the ice during the scrimmage that he played today. And um, for a, like multiple reasons, he showed every element as to why he was chosen first overall, the size and the strength. Early in the game, like maybe a second or third shift, he's at the offensive blue line in a loose puck battle with Yoel Armia. Now you could say a lot, and I wrote this in my piece today, you could say a lot about Yoel Armia. But one thing that you can't say about him is that he's not strong on a puck. And and he goes to stick check Slavkovsky, who gets the puck first and has it with one hand on his stick. And it was like Slavkovsky swatted him away like he was a fly. Joel, Joel Armia is six foot four, 220 pounds. Um, and he's really strong on his stick. I mean, that is like his yeah. greatest asset as an NHL player. So that was a first kind of eye-popping moment to me. I don't know how many people noticed it while we were watching, but it, that stood out to me right away. I was like, oh, yeah, this this kid who's 238 pounds at 18 years old um, against a guy like Yoel Army who's so strong on a stick, that, that really stood out to me. Eric, um, in ending, and I know you said we shouldn't make yeah. much of a camp that has 74 players, but do you make anything of a line of Evans, Armia, and Jonathan Drouin? No, like you have a centerman, you do have a right winger, and you do have a left winger there. Yeah, it could be a combination you see at some point. I, I just think there's going to be so much fluidity in the lines. Like even talking about Gallagher a couple of answers ago, and pigeoning, changing his role to a third line kind of role, and yeah, maybe. But I just think you're going to see so much movement in this lineup throughout the year because there's so much balance to what they have up front. I'm not suggesting that they're the deepest NHL team at forward and they're they're so good up front that they could just put anybody anywhere. It's just that there is a balance in terms of what they have, a lot of similar players that can go up and down the lineup. And I, I think you're just going to see that as the year goes along. They will test things out, and they certainly are doing that right now. Is there a possibility we'll see Dre, Armia, and Evans as a line? Yes. Uh, 
what will that look like when Sean Monaghan is healthy enough to participate in these types of practices that are going on in games and all that stuff? We'll see. Um, there's just so many wild cards up front. It's 16 bodies. Somebody else is somebody's going to get moved out of here. I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's yeah, I think so. It's going to be hard to go into the season if you're healthy, which is a big if uh, with that many bodies up front. So. Yeah, and Slavkovsky is a question mark too, right? Like, he, like I said, he was so impressive in day one, not just in what I was talking about with Armia, but his skating was great. His playmaking was great. He shot at every opportunity. He had a chance to shoot, and it was hard and heavy. And when he didn't have enough time, it was on net. Like, there's a lot to like about that kid, but he's got a long way to go to prove he's going to be here full time. Um, even a kid like Philip Mejar, like, he's like the forgotten first round pick here because he wasn't first overall and Slavkovsky wasn't. He's got, got tools. He's got he's tools. Really impressive. Like, really yeah. impressive. And Owen Beck was the best player at the rookie tournament by most accounts. So, you don't like I said, the players make the decisions for management and I, of course, there's no rush for any of them and there's no pressure or competition um, to make the Stanley Cup final this year or the playoffs or whatever, however you want to look at it. But if a kid proves that he's ready to go, and you don't give him that opportunity, what message are you sending that kid? So it's it's always a factor. I'm not. It would have to be really impressive for a guy like Philip Mejar to, to crack the lineup, but he is impressive so far. So there's, let's see where it all goes. But that picture is so fluid up front, Tony. Yeah. I'm sure you agree. So are you, uh, Eric. You're impressive as well, and you're going to make my team. Thanks for taking the time. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Working on it. Take care. All right. Thanks so much. Eric Engels of Sportsnet. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, comment SICK, S-I-C-K. If you love the podcast and if you're listening on audio, please leave us a five-star review and write SICK, S-I-C-K. Marinero, I'll be at La Cage de Carry on Rue de Jockeys on Saturday, October 1st, because we got big news. News that you've been waiting for for a long time, I think. Yeah, we're ready. We're ready to go. The sick podcast is going to get a whole lot sicker. To RSVP, 514-731-2020. Ciao. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>